Welcome to the Deacon Deacon Podcast. We hope you enjoy your stay. What is going on, everybody? Happy Thursday, and welcome back to the Deacon Deacon Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Suriano, and yes, to quote Cam Newton, I am back. To quote John Cena, it's been too long, and I missed every single one of you. So, again, Jeremy, where have you been? Work, man. (laughs) Work, right? The schedule is not it, it's not set for every week right so i can be off one day i could be off another like two different days um but yeah i had a time period this week where i was off consecutive days so i said on my second one we got to bring it back it's been way too long the last episode that we did was when max scherzer said he was a met so that was about three weeks ago Two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So, yeah, it's been way too long. So, we have a few things to catch up on. We're going to start in the NHL. We're going to give an update. We're going to talk about the Rangers and their surge right now. We're going to talk about their Western Conference road trip. And then talk about all things NHL, what teams to look out for. Is Toronto going to break their curse this year? We'll see. We'll then go into the Premier League. Well, we are going to talk about the absolute dumpster fire of Manchester United Football Club and talk about teams like your Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester City who are in a three-way race for the top. We will also then be recapping the Carabao Cup semifinals between Chelsea Tottenham and Liverpool Arsenal and giving my predictions on who will be competing at Wembley for the Carabao Cup final. We will then go into the MLB where we will discuss the latest of news and the lack of proposals in between the MLB and the MLB Players Association. We will also be talking about still what I think is the biggest headline so far, and that is Buck Showalter announced as the new New York Mets manager and what that means for the Mets baseball club in general as a whole. We will then go on to... The last week of the NFL, looking at the playoff picture, and no, I will not be doing predictions this week. The next podcast, actually, you know, uh, yeah, well, after this week, 
the bracket will be set. So the next episode, hopefully I get one in next week. I'd like to get one in next week. I'm going to try. Next week, I'll be predicting the NFL playoffs and giving my Super Bowl prediction and my Super Bowl winner. This week is going to be like, who do I think stays in? If any team's on the bubble, jump any teams that are currently in the playoff picture now. And yeah, we're going to give like a general idea for the NFL. And then we're going to actually preview the 2022 college football playoff championship between Alabama and Georgia. So we have a very exciting episode planned for you all today. Also, in advance, I'd like to apologize for the way I sound right now. It is January, and the winter blues are here, and it is cold and flu season, man. I know it's something else. I don't like saying that word, but, you know, I am just trying to stay as healthy as possible. You know, I'm taking all anything for to help my immune system and all that, and, you know, I am just trying to not get a cough not get, you know, people scared, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to get into it right now, but I'm just, I am, I am feeling fine, I'm feeling great, I feel healthy, I just sound like I have a bunch of crap just stuck in my nose, I know that's a really vivid picture, but I know I sound terrible, but we're gonna fight through it, you know, hey, if, if Jordan can drop all those points in a flu game, Jeremy Striano can do uh, an hour hour and a half podcast on a stuffy nose that's how i'm looking at it this is i'm not calling this my flu game but we can we can ride you know what i mean like we can we can do this um but yeah i have definitely missed doing this this is a part of my life where i i enjoy this time yeah there might be some tedious work behind a podcast if if any of you have done it before there's a lot of tedious work and there's a lot of work that has to be done beforehand, you know, especially if you're doing both audio and video. Like, like when I was doing the podcast with Jack and Ryan, you know, Ryan was the brains behind the operation. You know, he had to make sure the camera was charged. He had to make sure the audio was going into his lap. Like, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but it is very simple. Like, once you get the microphone going, you know, you get basic editing skills. It's a fun time, and you can ask us, you can ask the three of us, like, the two episodes that we did together in my apartment were some of the most fun times that I had that that year of college, because, you know, that senior year, it was, it sucked for us, because we were just so, you know, it was all virtual that first semester of senior year, and we were just, we were just looking for things to do, and keep us occupied while staying safe, of course, and doing the podcast, doing the whole trailer, the the trailer was so much fun, like, recording all that, and doing the two episodes with Jack, like, having a co-host that I haven't had since my buddy Will Tishuk at the Deacon Deacon Hockey Show for WCUA, like, having a co-host is so much more enjoyable than me talking looking at my wall, looking at my laptop right now. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from this. I love doing this. I love talking to you guys. Like I I love talking to you even though this isn't a live show. I still think that we're having a conversation. And I'm kind of you know, my my point is to like entertain and educate all of you guys on things that you may not know all that much about 
or things that you're willing to learn about, you know, in revolving the world of sports. But those two podcasts were so much fun. But I encourage you guys. I know this is in the world right now. It is a very, you know, tough time with, you know, I'm going to say with COVID and, you know, Omicron. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Omicron. Omicron. Omnicroni. I don't know whatever I'm saying, but. One of the one of the big things that I can tell you is anyone can start a podcast. Anyone can do it. And if you're looking for an outlet to do it, why not choose Anchor.fm? Anchor.fm helped me, helped us start the Deacon Deacon podcast, and we were able to be put on many different platforms. Like you heard in the ad before, like going and doing this podcast, taking your audio and putting it on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever podcasts can be heard. It is so simple. And a lot of people have come up to me and said, you know, Jared, I think I think I want to start my own podcast. Do it. Do it. You could you could you know, you you could be famous one day. Like like it's it's crazy to say, but once you get that that first listener and you get that first, you know, Instagram post and the first Twitter post saying like I did a podcast, here's the link. And it's a snowball effect. It really is. Like the Deacon Deacon snowball is still rolling. And I appreciate you guys very much because I've had people say, Jeremy, where's the podcast? And there are times where I'm like, I really don't feel like doing one, but I have to because people, this is my product that people are expecting every week to turn, tune on, tune in and turn on their phone and have it say a new podcast alert, Deacon Deacon podcast episode 17, which is this one right here. But yeah, there is a lot of work that is involved in a podcast but anchor fm anchor.fm makes it so easy for everyone guys i encourage you if there is if it's not sports if you're interested in politics true crime pop culture music anything anything you want do it there's a podcast for literally anything that you can think of You can review anything, food, documentaries, TV shows, new album releases. Like you can, you can do anything you want to. You can talk about anything you want to. If you want to hop on the sports wagon with me, go right ahead. And I'm always down to collab with anybody. If we can make it work, I'm always down to collab with people. I love interviewing people. I love having people join as a guest host. That's so much fun. It's it's a great time. And it's there's no better time to start than right now. And the best part about Anchor.fm is that it's free. All you do is sign up, create an account with your email, and then... All you need is your laptop, a microphone, and you're good to go. That's it, people. That's it. And you can earn money with no minimum listenership. Like, even if you have one, like like my, like me. Yeah, my, my current door right now is maybe a little bit over $2. But still, like, that's $2 that, I've, that I haven't had. But imagine, once that snowball hits and that 2 turns into 3, that 3 turns into 5, that 5 turns into 10 it's that's a great feeling so please i encourage you all create a podcast let your creative creativity let it let it come out 
you don't have to do you don't have to be a YouTuber, right? It's not like 2010 anymore. Everything is on audio. Be you. You want to get that start? Listen right here. I'm giving you that that push, that little nudge. Go out and do it. Because you'll never know if you never try. You know what I mean? So that's my long ad for Anchor.fm. And I think we should get this show on the road. So why don't we start, as we always do, with the greatest sport on ice. My favorite sport. Let's go to the world of hockey and jump into the world of the National Hockey League. But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. So we are starting with the NHL, and we do have a team that we're going to have to start with, right? We have to start with my team. (laughs) I mean, everyone's going to be like, oh, typical Jeremy, typical Jeremy. Now, we're going to start with the Rangers because... They, to me, right now, are one of the hottest teams in the league. The record is 22-8-4. So they have 48 points in 34 games played. I mean, like, look. Again, this is this is reminding me... This is giving me a lot of vibes from, like, the mid-early 2010s. Like, when we... I mean, we obviously made the cup in 2014, but it was teams like that that really, like, impressed me. Like, you know, like, their depth was scoring, right? Like, we're seeing a lot from Barkley Goodrow right now. We're seeing a lot from Alexi Lafreniere. The fourth line, I think the fourth line are going to come up big on this road trip. You know, uh, Rooney, Reeves, McKegg, you know, and, and maybe Dryden Hunt if he gets, you know, demoted there eventually but this team have just been playing lights out hockey and there's nothing flashy there's really nothing super flashy about um about the rangers right i I think the flashiest point that we would have okay maybe there is some flashiness to uh to this lineup here Uh, because fox is pretty flashy but panarin isn't as flashy as a lot of people think he is Panarin is just a flat-out great hockey player. He's got great vision, can shoot the puck well, can dish the puck too, which we're seeing a lot of this year. But then Igor, there's some saves that Igor makes where you're just like, wow. Like, you're just amazed. You're in awe. He reminds you about someone. I'm not going to say who, but he reminds you about when someone else was playing in his prime for the Rangers who wore a different jersey number, one less than Igor's jersey number. You get what I'm saying. But the Rangers are just winning hockey games when needed. Yeah, they'll drop a couple games here and there. They've they've dropped uh you know games when they were on the, the Western Canada road trip. You know, drop into the Canucks, drop into the Oilers, drop into the Flames, big time. You know, like they'll they'll lose games, but they'll find a way to not let that bother them. Like they they'll get a three game losing streak, but then cut it off right there. And then win two more after that. Maybe three more. Like what they are on right now. You know, like it was like Florida, right? They lost in Florida. They lost a, they lost a tough game to a, a really good Florida Panther team that's killing it right now. 
But then they played two games back-to-back against the defending Stanley Cup champions. And what happened? Beat them in Tampa. Beat them at home. And then we had the best player in the world, Connor McDavid, come. And what happened there? 4-1 win. Sorry, I got an ESPN alert. The Buccaneers are officially releasing Antonio Brown. Shocker. But, okay, back to the Rangers. Right now, they're on a three-game winning streak. And they kick off a Western United States road trip. So, they're doing Vegas and then the three teams in California. The only game that really, well, the game tonight worries me. Because, A, this is Gallant. uh, Gallant's first game back in Vegas. This is also Ryan Reeves' first game back in Vegas. So, there's going to be a lot of, you know, emotions there. Positive ones. Uh, but Vegas is a really good team. I think the injury bug, the COVID bug, has affected this team a lot. Um, but once this team gets Jack Eichel, oh my God, they're gonna—they will run the Pacific. I think. Yeah. Once once they're fully healthy, and with their top to bottom, you know, Pete DeBoer's got a great team in Vegas right now. But Jack Eichel makes that team so much better than they already are. This team had Brett Howden at one point playing the first line center. Brett Howden was barely our fourth line center last year. You know what I mean? Like, and and he was doing well from what I heard. He scored against us. He scored against us last time. But we are playing a way of hockey that has just impressed me. Because again, there's nothing super fancy about the Rangers style of play. There's nothing that's so over the top. They just find a way to win. There were goals scored in these past couple games where I'm just like, that is how you score goals. Just throw the puck on net. Right? Ryan Strom, Lafreniere, Lafreniere, capitalizing. Excuse me, capitalizing on goaltenders' mistakes. Lafreniere's last two goals are off of goaltenders' mistakes. But that's just great hockey IQ. Yeah, it's a sloppy goal. It's nothing, nothing pretty. You're not, you're not sniping one past a, a goaltender. But that's hockey IQ. You got to have a jump to your game. Oh, you see the goalie's out. You see him making a pass. Oh, he gave the right to me. Let me just bury this immediately, right? We're not holding on to the puck. We're not making an extra pass. We're going to bury that right now. Get that goal. And that's what they've done. And that's what I love. I love I love Gerard Gallant. Gallant, Gallant. I don't even know what the pr- proper pronunciation is anymore. But but I am impressed with what he has done with this lineup. I think the lines are great. Uh, there's there's a question to be answered uh, once Panarin comes back, which I think might be during this road trip. Uh I don't know if he made the trip. There was also uh, speculation about Keandre Miller being out of the lineup, but he has uh, he has given a negative COVID test or something with COVID protocol. He gave a negative test, so he actually didn't make the trip immediately, but they sent him out uh, yesterday. So he's with the team now, so he'll probably be in the lineup tonight uh, against Vegas, which is at 10 o'clock. I'm going to try to get the podcast out. Before that game. I'll try to do it uh, immediately. Almost immediately. But 
going back to this team, this lineup, the question to be answered is once Perrin comes back, what do we do with the top with the top six? I don't like Dryden Hunt in the top six. I think there are players like Lafreniere, like Lafreniere has been lights out the last couple of games. Even the game in Tampa, like everyone was impressed with the way he played. Lafreniere is a great, great hockey player. Yeah, I know. He's not putting up first overall pick numbers. He's not. But he is a great hockey player. He's a great teammate. He is a great individual. This kid is respected by all of his teammates. And he's respected by a lot of players in the league. A lot of people like playing against Lafreniere because he's just tenacious. And he never gives up on the play. Gallant loves Alexi Lafreniere. We can see that. If you listen to any of his post-game press conferences, he speaks very highly of Lafreniere. So, what do I think should happen and what do I think is going to happen? I think Dryden Hunt has to get dropped down to either line 3 or 4. And, and Lafreniere needs to play with Panarin. I think, yeah, is it worth playing him on his offhand? Sure, I think so. But when he plays with Panarin and Strom, oh my god. Like, Panarin, Strom, Dryden Hunt, not a great, like, even even when they were playing together, a lot of those points were, getting, were being put together by just Panarin and Strom alone. If you throw in 20-year-old Alexi Lafreniere to play with Panarin and Strom, two players that are playing really exceptional hockey right now, and then you throw him in with whatever defensive pair you got, because I've been very impressed with the defense as of late, especially against Tampa and Edmonton. I think I think Zach Jones deserves a spot on this team. I really do. I know that they're trying to get Patrick Nemeth back. I get that. But Zach Jones deserves if if we're not playing Zach Jones, we have to trade him. You know, like if if, if he is not getting a spot on this team, like if he's staying on the taxi squad, we got to trade him. He's being wasted. He's being wasted if he's not on the ice. I love Zach Jones. And if you are a diehard Ranger fan, you know of Zach Jones. If you followed, if you're a freak like me, you followed him at UMass. You remembered him getting called up later in the year last year. David Quinn actually called him up for the last, I believe it was the last six games, six or seven games. He looked great. He's a great, great skater, can move the puck well. Great offensive talent. I think he's more of a two-way guy, if you ask me. A little smaller, a little smaller in stature, but he's a great, great, great skater. Can move the puck, has great defensive awareness, and can be a really great pairing with Niels Lundqvist. I really do think that, yeah, it's a little offensive heavy, but that's a great pair right there. Before Braden Schneider comes up, I think Zach Jones. Zach Jones is playing really great hockey right now, but back to Lafreniere why are we wasting Lafreniere I mean I love uh, I love the kid line the kid line Lafreniere Heedle Gautier those kids like like they're, they're they're younger than me man like they're they're my age I think Philip Heedle might be 22 I think they're all younger than me like it, it's scary right <laughs> it's so scary but that line it, when that line generates offense, it's such a fun sight to see because you got you got very similar players in Lafreniere and Gautier, right? Guys that can throw the body around. Gautier is a little more physical than Lafreniere, but they're kind of like power forwards, grinding, forechecking. Heedle is a is a good playmaker. I'm not gonna say he's excellent. He's a good playmaker. He's got vision. 
He's getting a little stronger. One of my biggest pet peeves when watching Heedle early on in his career was that kid, for that tall, lanky kid, he he would get bodied all the time. He'd be on the ice a lot. But he's holding his own now. His board play has definitely improved. I think he's holding his own against really big, brute defensemen that are playing against that third line. But when that line generates offense, when they get passes going, and it's like Barcelona-esque, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's beautiful. I really do think that this line, you know, and when if, ev- if everything holds out okay and everything continues in the way that the trend is continuing right now, and we do, knock on wood, if we do end up making the playoffs, I think this line can be a great part of our success. If this line gets going later on in the year before you know, like, in that, like, playoff hunt, like, the, you know, in that period where they're fighting for seeding, they're fighting for, you know, to get into the playoffs, I think that third line can be a keystone into playoff success, right? Because you, the big problem with the Rangers was the big studs were not showing up. Like we, we all know about Rick Nash, Chris Kreider, even being quiet in the playoffs in a few years. Like you expect Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider. You know, uh, dare I say it? I think Capo Caco is going to be thrown into that conversation as well. But that line of Gautier, Heedle, Lafreniere. Like if that line stays together, God willing, you know, with injuries and whatnot. If that line stays together, and if that line generates offense, I think we can make a great run. Because you look at the top six, and there's talent there distributed almost evenly, right? Like with Kako, I love that Kako's playing on line one. I love Kako on line one. He deserves it. I really do think so. I think Kako, Kapo Kako is the best puck handler along with Artemi Panarin. Like, Capo Caco is so strong on the puck. Watch when he has the puck. If you're watching any of the games tonight, watch when Capo Caco has control of the puck. He f- he fights off everyone, and he'll still be able to make a pass. And I think goals will start to generate. Yeah, I'm not a big... Um, I'm not a Capo Caco freak, like... Grinelli from Spittin' Chicklets, like or or Avery Zaretsky, like I don't I don't think he's gonna score twenty goals this year, but I think he's gonna be I think he's a factor. I really do think that he complements Kreider and Zibanejad well enough. And yeah, it's tough when Pavel Buchnevich is putting up a point per game in St. Louis, but it's big shoes to fill. Like Bucci was a really good producer of offense, and so it's on to Kako now. And if not Kako, then dare I say it? Someone that we might end up trading for. Who knows? There's a lot of questions to be answered come the trade deadline. A lot of people don't think the Rangers need to make a trade. I personally think they do, but not in that position. I'll get into that later. But looking at Kako and Lafreniere, like the kids, like the kids are going to be a part of this future. As long as Drury doesn't mess up anything in terms of trading away guys when they're not reaching their potential. Like, I really do think we need to be patient with these kids. Yeah, like... No one's going to be McDavid and drop points in their rookie year like that, right? Like, or even like a Kale McCarr. We have our Kale McCarr. I think we have someone that's better than Kale McCarr. His name's Adam Fox. You need a good, you need a great offensive defenseman on your team. An offensive defenseman is a backbone of not just your power play, but of your whole first line. If you have a good quarterback, you win championships. Like look at football, right? Like I, I like there's a lot of teams I think can do well in the playoffs, like the Packers, like the Bills, like the Buccaneers. Why? 
Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. You need a good quarterback, and we have that in number 23. I think he's fa- I think he's fantastic. I think he's the best defenseman in the league. I've been saying that for before he won the Norris, right? Like I, I really do think that he is the best defenseman in this league. I think he's better than Bacar. I think he's better than Hedman. I think he's better than you name it, right? Like I really do think he now will he win the will he win the Norris? Probably not. I think this is McCarr's year. I think Kale McCarr is playing great, 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 great hockey. I'm not denying that. That last that last goal he scored in Chicago. Oh my goodness. Go back and watch the highlight, please. He juked the crap out of Kirby Doc and just roofed one on Flurry. Watch the goal. It's beautiful. But as I was saying, Adam Fox when healthy, you know, like, and he has been, is the best player on the ice. I think so. He is worth the price of admission. So there are a lot of compliments why I think the Rangers can make a deep run. And yeah, like, I get it. Like, our, our the majority of our wins have come from teams that are currently outside of a playoff spot right now. But as of late... And after the holidays, like you beat you beat the you beat the defending champions twice, and they're not a team like they're a good team. They are a great team. Yeah, Kucherov's out, but they got Braden Point, they got Steven Stamkos, they got Victor Hedman, they got Ryan McDonough, they got Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, excuse me, hello. We just put the four goals against Andre Vasilevsky, arguably the best goalie in the league. The best goalie in the league plays in New York, but that's just me. No, I'm kidding. I like Jack Campbell a lot. But, like, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. This team is in their first year under a new coach. Like, they're not going to win the cup. Probably not. They're probably not going to win the cup. But let's not downplay them. Let's just enjoy good hockey. Let's not predict anything that's going to happen in April, May, and June because this is January 6, 2022. You dumb pieces of crap. Live for the now. Live for the now. Carpe diem. Seize the day. We're not seizing April. We're not seizing May. We're seizing January 6th, 2022. Who do we play? The Vegas Golden Knights. When do we play them? 10 o'clock p.m. By 12.30 in the morning. Will the Rangers win a hockey game? Who the hell knows? That's why they play the game. This isn't a simulation. This is not a video game where we can predict a winner in minutes. You play to win the game. Herm Edwards said it best. You play to win the game. And right now, the Rangers are winning hockey games. It is beautiful. It has given me encouragement because this is the team that I think that I love, like one of the teams that I love, this is the team that I think could have great success in the near future, because who knows when baseball's coming back, we'll get into that later, but who knows when the Mets are coming back, I don't even know if the Mets are going to play baseball this year, but we have the Rangers, we have the Rangers, they are a damn good hockey team, and you should be scared, because the Rangers, okay, are they a wagon, I don't know, I'm not on the Bizonet train. I don't, I'm not calling them a wagon, but I'm calling them a damn good hockey team right now. I, I think, you know, and we're doing this without Panarin, man. 
like we're doing like like Sabanajad, like he stepped up. He was so quiet, like goal scoring wise early in the year. And then Panarin said, uh, but then you know Panarin gets diagnosed with COVID. This man is like, okay, no problem. I'm gonna drop a hat trick on you. And then Ryan Strom gets goals. Lafreniere gets goals. Barclay Goodrow gets goals. Like that is, that is what you like to see. Not only as a coach, but as a fan. Like people stepping up, filling the role of your primary goal scorer. When you lose, like like when when teams lose their guys, like Sidney Crosby's been hurt a couple times. Malkin's still fighting injury. You know, like when you lose a guy like a Jack Eichel. Like when you lose that guy. And yeah, he's coming back soon. I don't know when. Who knows what the CDC and what the proper quarantine is, protocol. Who the hell knows now? But he should be back soon. I think he might be back for not tonight, but for the next game. So the game in Anaheim. Definitely for uh, LA. Uh, but that's what you like to see. You, you like when people, okay, he's out. Now, now it's my turn. Like a lot of people, like I'm sure the Rangers understand. Yeah. Breadman is our best player offensively. Like, he's our best forward. Like, he's going to get a point per game, and he has been getting a point per game. You know what I mean? Like, he he can generate that. But now, like, Zabanajad, who I think knew that he was not having his best year, who I don't think he will be an all-star, but, you know, he's like, okay, let me let me step up. Let me, let me show the fans that I'm still here. Boom, hat trick. Kreider. Kreider still performed on the power play. He's having a great year, career year right now. But guys like Barclay Goodrow, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I know they gave me, like, $3 million a year, and everyone's saying I'm not a scorer. Let me go out and put out two goals in two games. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's great. Lafreniere, oh, people are saying I'm a bust. Let me go show them what's, who's, who's boss. You know what I mean? Like, all right, let me go drop two goals in two games. Like, that's beautiful. Tonight is going to be, uh, I don't know who's going to step up tonight. I want to make a prediction, but I'm not good at making predictions. Like, I think this is a game where Capo Caco can come alive. I really think this is a game where the kid line should step up. I'm talking Filipino, Gautier, Laffy. Like, I really do think Filipino can dominate a game. Really do. That goal he scored early in the year against Nashville on that backhand. Oh, my God. He put one past UC Soros. Holy crap. What a great shot. Like, Philip Heedle is a talented hockey player. And the whole the whole Rangers squad is talented. So I'm very excited to see what they can do on this road trip. I personally believe if they split it, so if they take two of four, that's okay. I would love three of four. I would love three of four because on our last road trip, we took one. Like, our last Western road trip, we took one game. We got a couple overtime losses, so we got, you know, a point, two points out of that. So we took four points of a possible eight. I think we need six of eight this time. So three wins I'm hoping for. The teams in California are scary. You know, the Anaheim Ducks have a lot of young guys like Trevor Zegers, Sonny Milano that are really, you know, performing well. Maxime Comtois, San Jose. San Jose's been doing well. LA's got a great prospect pool with them right now. Still have those grizzled vets, Kopitar, Dowdy, you know what I mean? But we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Rangers. But we can definitely look and see the remainder of the league and looking at who has impressed me so far. So when we look at the standings right now, we're going to go by division. And there's that Metro division right there. 
top three. Top three are separated by one point. The Rangers, the Capitals, the Hurricanes. Three teams that are just playing great hockey right now. But then you look at number four. And you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Pittsburgh Penguins started this year very poorly. But now, they are on a nine-game winning streak, ladies and gentlemen. A nine-game winning streak. They're 19-8-5. They are playing great hockey right now. They have two games in hand on the Capitals and Rangers. Like, it's insane. <laughs> They're playing great hockey. Their depth is coming alive. Crosby, Gensel. Oh my goodness gracious. Like, they are a really good hockey team, and they are well coached. Mike Sullivan is a great, 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 great hockey coach, and there is no denying that. Another team, Philly. Yeah, I think Philly can make a run, but it's going to be it's gonna be close to come to get, come the end of the year. But I think the top four, I don't want to say it's set because it's only January, but that could be the best-looking top four right now because... The Islanders, yeah, they're on a two-game winning streak right now. But at 10-12-6, this is a team that really shocked me with how poor they're doing. And then you go to the Atlantic, and who's top of the Atlantic? Tampa Bay Lightning, 49 points, 22-8-5. But right below them, the Florida Panthers, 22-7-4. And, and right below them, the Maple Leafs, 22-8-2. 49-48-46. The East is superior this year, ladies and gentlemen. Every year, though everyone says, oh, the Western Conference is so much better than the than the East, this is the East year. If we were doing East-West All-Star game, you know, now it's by division, I think the Eastern Conference would take this All-Star game by storm. Can you look at Boston and Detroit, 36 and 35 points, fighting for those wild card spots that are going to be very crucial come March and April. Very, 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 very excited to see what the Atlantic Division has in store. Because maybe Buffalo makes a run. Maybe. Who knows? It's crazy. But maybe they make a run. Ottawa-Montreal? Not so much. Now we go over to the Central Division. And at top of the Central, believe it or not, the Nashville Predators, 21-11-2, 44 points. St. Louis, 19-10-5, 43 points. Colorado, 19-8-2. I think this is a team that's going to have a really big winning streak coming up very shortly. 19-8-2 with 40 points. And then Minnesota, 19-10-2, 40 points. But look at Colorado. They've only played 29 games. So they're going to jump that division. I think Colorado takes the Central. I think by the end of the year, Colorado will win the Central. I don't know. The, the Blues can be a wagon. Minnesota surprises a lot of people, too. And Winnipeg is still competitive. Like, But now we go over to the Pacific. 22-13-1. The Vegas Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights are playing really great hockey right now. But right below them. Here we go, 18, 11, and 7, 43 points. We have the Anaheim Ducks, and right below them, 17, 8, and 6 with 40 points are the Calgary Flames. Edmonton's on 38 points, LA's on 37, San Jose's on 35. The only team that's really disappointing right now in the Pacific is the Kraken, and that's expected. They're a young team, they're an expansion team. We're not expecting them to do well. 24 points, 33 games played. Excuse me. This league is just competitive from top to bottom. These division races are going to be very, very interesting, to say the least. 
I don't know what's going to happen in the Metro. The Metro is just, anyone can win it. Anyone can win the Metro. Any one of those top four are going to win the Metro. The Rangers, the Hurricanes, the Capitals, or the Penguins. For the Atlantic, to me, it's going to come down to the top three again. Tampa, Florida, Toronto. I love that the Florida Panthers are relevant. Like, for years, for years, for years, for years, they have been this joke. You know, oh, there's only, there's two teams in Florida, but only one is good. I love that the Florida Panthers are a great hockey team. They are a freaking great hockey team. They play the game well. They beat us, like, you know, we beat them, they beat us, so we, we split them so far. But they are fun to watch. Like, I just don't know... They'll have to make a trade, I think so, because there's certain things that that win you a cup, and do they have it? They have a good goalie, you know, I'm thinking maybe like defense, like another depth top four defenseman possibly, I don't know like who's trade bait right now defensive wise, I know like, you know, there's a lot of names being thrown around uh, forwards like in terms of forwards uh and, and goalies too i think uh who's another goalie that's georgiev is also a part of the you know teams that need a goalie georgiev is a really solid option i think there was someone else too i don't know if it was oh there's another goalie forget ah uh, we won't talk about trades right now because it's a little early for trade talk trade bait whatever but in terms of these division races i'm excited to see what happens and you guys should be too. Alright, well now, I think we should go over to MLB. Because I'm really itching to talk about Buck Showalter and what I think. So why don't we jump over to the world of America's pastime. And let's go over to the world of the MLB. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. Mike Piazza. And the Mets lead 3-2. L-F-G-M. Let's go. It has finally happened. The New York Mets have finally named a manager to lead them into the 2022 MLB season. And that, my friends, is the man that many Met fans wanted. Ladies and gentlemen, Buck Showalter will be the new manager of the New York Mets. Now, what I didn't like about this move, well, I love the move. I love the move in general. Why? Because if you look at the last three managers that we've had, or even just the last two, actually the last two managers, Rojas and Collin, what did they have? They had no experience, both of them, at, at managing in the MLB level, right? Like, Louis Rojas was managing the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, right? In the Mets organization, but still double A ball. Mickey Collin was a pitching coach, so he didn't have the head coach, the manager, you know, mentality that that was lacking, you know, and he was also doing things that were <laughs> very inappropriate while doing that, but anyway. But the move of getting Buck Showalter impressed me. Why? Because I, I've just been impressed with Billy Epler and Steve Cohen and Sandy All. Like, the three of them, like, I... I not a lot of people liked when Billy Epler was named GM because we saw what the Angels have done. Not impressed. But this guy... In his first in his first gig with the Mets, has signed Stalin Marte, Max Scherzer, Eduardo Escobar, Marquena, and got Buck Showalter to be the manager. Like, what's not to what's not to love? Like, what what is what is there to hate? Like, 
I get it. A lot of Met fans are just like Ranger fans. They're so psychotic, and they always bring up negative, you know, negative thoughts like, oh, well, uh, Buck Showalter hasn't won a postseason series since, uh, since, like, 2013, like, who gives a damn, right? Like, now he's got a roster that is full of potential. Lindor, Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, pending trade, Brandon Nimmo, James McCann, Eduardo Escobar, Starlin Marte, Max Scherzer, and Jake DeGrom, 1-2. Like, what are we talking about, people? The Mets are one of the early favorites to win the World Series this next year. Like, am I nervous for that? Of course. Like, they still have to play baseball, but I'm excited. The Mets do something every year, every year to get me excited. And I'm pumped, right? Like, I think this lineup can totally win games. Like, I think this lineup is going to win a lot of baseball games this next year. And to have a manager that is finally, that is finally competent enough to A, manage in New York, and B, can possibly deliver on what Met fans have wanted since 1986. There's hope there, man. There's hope. There's excitement. I really want to go to City Field this year. I'm, I'm very, I am itching, itching to go to City Field. I love being at City Field. It's, uh, it's definitely my, out of all my teams that I've, you know, that I support, I mean, in the States, it's definitely top two, like, live experience, like, being at a game in a packed city field, which is hard to do, but, like, when there's, like, a playoff-like atmosphere there, like, city field is a great place to be. Number one, it's got to be the Garden with the Rangers, I've given, but number two is definitely city field. Like, I love being at city field. I love being around Met fans, because Met fans are crazy, and they're psychotic, but they're also very loyal and very passionate. That's what I love about all my fan bases. Like, they're, they are crazy, but they're a loyal fan base. Like, there's no there's no BS. There's no, uh, you know, childlike antics that go on. They're, um, they're committed. They're loyal, and I love that about them. So, what does this do to the Mets? Well, again, we've been talking, I've been talking about just the experience alone. Like, Buck Showalter's been managing since, you know, the 90s, and he's managed good teams, and everyone talks about, well, when George Steinbrenner fired him in 95, then the Yankees won in 96. Like, yeah, we get that. He also took the Diamondbacks to the World Series as well. So, there's that. I love the fact that Buck Showalter is going to revolve a lot around analytics. I think he's not going to be super crazy and super invested in it, but he's going to give them a chance because the, those guys, the analytics team, they have jobs too, and they and their job is simple. They have to do whatever they can to do to put a winning product out there, and they have to consult with Billy Epler, with Buck Showalter, with Steve Cohen, and with Sandy Alderson. Like that is what needs to be done. Like. It's not a one-man, like, it's not just going to be Buck or Bust, you know what I mean? Like, Buck's going to consult with Billy, who's going to consult with Sandy, who's going to consult with Steve, and they're going to consult all together. And the point is to trust in one another. If if some person gets too hot-headed, and a lot of people think that Steve Cohen is a hothead, like, yeah, I get it, like, shady money there, whatnot, but now his job, his job is to do whatever he can to bring a championship to the people of New York. And that is what is, this is what it's all about. 
This is what it's all about. I don't give a damn of what he did years ago. I really don't. Like, he he didn't do anything to affect me personally. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hate when people bring up bad things that happen to people. Like, like yeah, sure, I get it. But, like, I, I, I don't look at him like that. Like, right now, he's the GM of my baseball team. And if he brings me a championship, I'll love him forever. I'll love him till I die. If I see him in the street and we're partying Canadian Heroes... If I see Steve Cohen, I'm going to give him a big hug and say thank you. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to say thank you. You know, and that goes with any other of my teams, right? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of shady people there, you know, especially with Jim Dolan. Like, Jim Dolan is a, scum, is a scumbag, but if, if, he, if he brings, you know, if the Rangers bring a cup in the next five years, all that's going to go, you know, right over my head because what's, what's happened? We won a cup. And plus, these people don't give a damn about me. Like I am just a, I'm just delusional. I'm a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm driven, and I'm just blinded by passion for my teams. But in reality, they don't know my name. They're not gonna pay for my loans. They're not gonna, you know, pay me to go to grad school. They're not gonna, you know, help me, you know, whatever. They don't give a damn who I am. I'm just a crazy person that follows them. That's it. That's all it is. Right? Like, a lot of people get criticized. Every move, why waste your breath? Why waste your breath? The point is, Buck Showalter is the manager. Steve Cohen is the owner. Billy Epler is the GM. Sandy Alderson has another executive role. If these four men can deliver a championship, all is well in the world. That's it. End of story. Bye-bye. With that being said, let's jump over to the world of Premier League Soccer to recap last week and talk about the dumpster fire of Manchester United. So let's go over to the world of soccer. Now Ronaldo. Long way out. What a goal! Not too far out for him. What a night when Manchester United had to score. They have scored inside six minutes. It's the player from Portugal who has hammered it in here in Porto and hammered Manchester United into an early lead. So I realized that there are a lot of games in the Premier League that have been postponed right now because of the uh, the Omicron variant and uh, the exposure of COVID-19. So we're going to talk about Manchester United, but we're also going to review the round of 16 draw of the Champions League because I realized I've never really talked about the Champions League on any of the past podcasts. So we're going to actually review the round of 16 draw and give my predictions for the UEFA Champions League round of 16. But before we do that, we got to talk about the Ralph Ragnick era at Manchester United. It has not been a great one right now. Uh, There was a report that came out this morning that said 17 players, now they're not naming names, but 17 players. So this includes academy, uh, first team, reserves. 17 players want to leave Manchester United. Um, and they're unhappy with the situation. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy, but, um, yeah, that's a lot of players (laughs) to lose. Manchester United right now are in a tough, tough spot. They are in the Champions League right now. They are seventh in the league, uh, which is low to standards, uh, for Manchester United. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not impressed. (laughs) I'm not impressed one bit. I've stopped watching them, to be honest with you. I... When I see them on, I I look the other way. I'm I'm, I'm ashamed right now, um, but I am ashamed that the players who are uh, who are speaking out about the club and uh, speaking negative things, like yeah, like 
I, I haven't been impressed with the moves of Ralph Ragnick. Uh, we have not made any transfers yet. Uh, no one has left yet, um, so there hasn't been any ingoing nor outgoing transfers. But, um, yeah, like hiring Chris Armas, that was a weird one. Um, I like the, the idea of getting a sports psychologist. I really do think that plays a, a crucial role uh, in today's sporting world. But, um, but, yeah, the results, like losing the Wolves, tying Newcastle, This isn't a title-winning team. It really isn't. Like I'm, uh, I'm almost ashamed to be a Man U fan. I really am. Uh, I think we're wasting Ronaldo. I think we're wasting Bruno. Uh, I think Pug was gonna leave. I think Lingard's gonna leave. You feel for guys like Rashford who have dedicated their whole life to this club, and Jesse Lingard as well. But like, especially Rashford, because you know Rashford's gonna be the guy that's gonna be staying. You know, because I don't think he would jump ship really anytime soon. Um. This also hurts our chances of getting a top-tier manager. Like, uh, does Eric Ten Hag want to leave Ajax to come coach a dumpster fire like Man U? You know, I, I think I, I think Antonio Conte, you know, although I'm not super impressed with Tottenham, I think he really dodged a bullet coming to Man U. Like, I don't know. Like, I think Tottenham was a better job for him. I think, you know, as sad as it is to say, like I, I I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen with this team I really don't I uh it's been really really depressing just watching them play um yeah I haven't been impressed <laughs> ever since Ralph Ragnick took over like I'm not blaming everything on him I mean part of it is the players as well and the health of the players but like even just the, the play like there is no motivation one bit you know like. That's just, uh, I don't know what, I don't know what else to say. I really don't. Um, I think the only two players, three players really that really show up every day are De Gea, Bruno, and Ronaldo. Like, I, I really do think that Bruno should be the captain. I think he's a better captain than Harry Maguire. Um, but but I love David De Gea. I mean that man's been there for years, and he wouldn't want anything being thrown away, you know, so easily uh, for United. You know, United were in a similar spot last year, and they were able to finish second in the league. I don't think that's going to happen this year because the, the three headed race is uh, is pretty clear. And now, like you know, you look at Arsenal and Tottenham, who have and West Ham, who are just playing great soccer right now, and they're really. You know, there really hasn't been uh, one of those teams hasn't crapped the bed like United has. Like so, United are gonna stay in seventh for a while, maybe even drop. Like they're not, they're obviously they're not gonna get relegated. Uh, duh, like that's not gonna happen. But I wouldn't be shocked if Man U ends the year ninth, tenth. The best I can see them finishing, the best right now, the best, the best, the best right now is fourth. But can that happen? I don't know. We might be playing Europa League football next year. I'll be I'll be shocked if we're playing Conference League, like that, whatever that is, the one that Tottenham was in last year. Yeah, man, it's sad. It really is. Uh, it 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 definitely yeah. It's definitely making me want MLS soccer to return <laughs> because I'm tired of watching bullshit soccer. Um, yeah, it's absolute garbage. It's, their their style of play has just been 
dog shit. Like, that's all I can say. I know I'm sorry for swearing, but it's true. Like, it's it's very, very bad. It's very, very bad. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't want to say getting rid of Oli was a bad decision. I mean, I don't think we're going to win anything with Oli anyway, but... Someone's got to come in and turn the ship around. And I really thought that was going to be Ragnick. Like, everyone was so high on Ragnick. And people that were, you know, fans of German soccer were like, oh, my God, you're getting one of the best minds in football. Like, you're, you're getting one of the best minds in football. And he he's so good. He's so smart. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wait to see where they are at the end of the year. If they finish in the top five, great. Like, if we finish top five, we'll be very happy. But I don't know if we're going to beat Tottenham or Arsenal or West Ham. I really don't. I, I really don't think that we deserve. I don't think we deserve to play in the Champions League. And that's saying something. You know, with the team, like, with the team with Ronaldo on it, like, you, you should be competing every year. But when you also have Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof playing center back, like, yeah, no. And you got, like, McFred in the in the middle, Fred and McTominay, where I, I love McTominay, but when your CDM is Fred, you're not going to win shit, man. You really aren't. All right, well, enough with Man U. Let us, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the Champions League draw. Um, if you guys are not aware of what happened for the Champions League draw, uh, it had to be redone. It had to be done over. There was a redo called because UEFA is so incompetent and so fishy that they actually forgot to throw in teams that were eligible for a certain pot, and one of them was Man U. <laughs> one of them was Man U. So we actually got drawn PSG in the first the first draw, and then they did it again, and we got a new opponent, which I think ended up being better for us. It's still a tough opponent, in my opinion, but... Let us look at all the matchups, the eight matchups for the round of 16, and we will be re previewing that, starting with the big one, PSG Real Madrid. Uh, this one is very exciting. I uh, we, we were drawn PSG in the first leg, uh, and they have now drawn Real Madrid. Real Madrid actually had a really good draw in the first one and ended up getting PSG in the second, so uh, I'd be mad too. I'd be very mad. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with Paris. I don't, I'm not liking Spanish football right now. I don't like, I don't like Athleti. I don't like Real. I don't like Barcelona. I don't even know what the standings are in La Liga, to be honest, because I just haven't been paying attention to La Liga. Um, I'm going to go Paris here. I'm not going to give scores. I'm just going to predict like who I think is going to advance, um, into the quarterfinal. Um, but I'm going to go with Paris. I, I like the way they're playing right now. I love Neymar, Mbappe. I don't know what's going to happen with Mbappe. Mbappe could be. This is a really big series for him because this could be his future home of of Madrid. Like He's been dying because Madrid has been his boyhood club You know, ever since he was a soccer fan as a, as a youngster. He's been dying of putting on the Los Blancos jersey. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he stays with Paris. Maybe he goes to Madrid. Maybe he goes somewhere else. We'll see what happens with that. But... Uh, in terms of the matchup here, I am going with PSG to defeat Real Madrid um, in both legs. I think they're going to win both games. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to go PSG over Real. Second one, we got Sporting Lisbon against Manchester City. Uh, this one should be pretty easy. I'm going to go with Man City in convincing fashion. I think Man City are one of the best teams in the world right now. Uh, they are playing great soccer. They have a great team. They have a great manager. That's what happens. Uh, you know, great manager, great team. You do well. Um, I think I think they're going to defeat Sporting uh, pretty, pretty convincingly. And uh, props to Portugal. You know, having two teams in the round of 16, very good. I love Portuguese soccer. I kind of like, I kind of enjoy Portuguese soccer more than La Liga. Uh, but props to Sporting and Benfica. And I don't think Porto made the, no, right? No, they didn't. I think they're in the Europa League. So, uh, yeah, but props to uh, Portugal for uh, having success in, in, uh, in European football. But I think they're, I think Sporting's luck is going to run out. I think Man City's going to beat them in convincing fashion. Another one that's going to be, you know, a blowout. we got Bayern Munich against Red Bull Salzburg. Um, look, I love Brendan Aronson. A lot of top clubs want Brendan Aronson to transfer from Salzburg. I think he should jump at the bit. But when all is said and done, Bayern are my pick to win the Champions League. Uh, I, love, I love them a lot. They are a complete team from head to toe. Uh, Nagelsmann, one of the best managers in the world, who uh, was the former coach of Leipzig, is now coaching Bayern. Uh, and when you got, you know, players like Lewandowski, Nabry, Kimmich, Neuer, Sewell, like, you're going to win. You're going to win games. Alfonso Davies, how can I forget? Love Alfonso Davies. I'm going Bayern big, big over RB Salzburg. Liverpool enter. This one is going to be interesting. I'm going to pick Liverpool, though. Uh, I think this could be a one-to-two goal uh, deficit. Like, I do think, like, Liverpool can make it, like, Inter can make it close, but I think Liverpool's going to come up with the win in the long run. I think they'll beat them bad uh, at Anfield. I think the game at San Siro might get interesting. However, when they go to Anfield, I think it's going to be a big game. Maybe a two-goal, three-goal win. Uh, for the Reds. I'm going Liverpool over an Inter with that one. Chelsea, Lille. So you have last year's League A champions against the champions of Europe last year. This is a very exciting matchup. However, I think Chelsea will take this one convincingly. I think this will be another 2-3 goal deficit win for the Blues here. Uh, England's going to continue their success. So I got three English teams going uh, to the round of, or to the quarterfinals rather. Will I have a fourth? We'll find out in a little bit. Villarreal and Juventus. Villarreal finished second in Group F to first place Manchester United. Juventus, top of Italy right now. Um, this is a this is a tough one, but I'm gonna go with Juve. Um, I actually it's really not that tough. I'm gonna go Juve here. Another two, three goal deficit win here. I love their team. I love their style of play. Any team with Weston McKennie on it, you're 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 automatically good, and you're automatically good in my book. I'm going Juve over Villarreal. Now, here we go. Manchester United taking on Atletico Madrid. So, yeah, their second opponent in the second draw ended up being Atletico Madrid. Uh, if there is one man that will take down Atletico Madrid, it will be Cristiano Ronaldo. With that being said, I know. <sighs> Screw it. I'm going to go Manchester United. I think four English teams will go to the quarterfinals. I think Ronaldo will find a way to win. I think by February, I think Man U will have a little bit of, you know, a little clear-headedness and all this January holiday BS will be put aside and they will continue to find a way to win 
and they will do it against Atletico Madrid. Finally, we got Ajax Benfica. This one is this one. I had a really tough time predicting a winner for, but ah uh, no, I'm gonna go Ajax. I think I really thought about picking Benfica here, but Ten Hag, I love what he's done with Ajax. Uh, hopefully, he's the new manager of Manchester United next year, but. As of right now, he manages Ajax, and he will be taking them to the quarterfinals. So, my quarterfinals, my teams, the last eight I have are PSG, Man City, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, Chelsea, Juventus, Man U, Ajax. Wow. What an eight. What an eight. So, we'll see if that happens. Who the heck knows? All right, we're not going to cut away. We're not going to do another segment here, but we are going to jump into football uh, because we are near the end of the episode. I want to uh, look at the NFL standings, the playoff picture, and preview next week's games, last week of the regular season. But right now, we'll do the standings right now. Okay, so we have the Bills and the Pats, who are both at 10-6. and six going to come down to one game here i don't know who's going to take the division i think it's going to be buffalo but it's going to be very close the dolphins at eight and eight are on the outside looking in and the jets at four and twelve see you next year the afc west we have the chiefs who have already clinched but the broncos or excuse me the raiders and the chargers are both nine and seven fight for that wild card spots man I, I don't know i don't know i'm excited i'm excited the Bengals, the kings of the north AFC North champions at ten and six, Steelers at eight and seven and one, Ravens at eight and eight, which is a shocker. Browns at seven and nine, and finally in the AFC South we have the division winning Tennessee Titans. But the Colts at nine and seven can be a threat in the playoffs with Jonathan Taylor. Oh my goodness, I'm excited for that. And then we get into the NFC where we see the NFC East champion. Dallas Cowboys and a wild card winning Philadelphia Eagles. Two teams from the NFC East in the playoffs. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? The football team at six and ten. The Giants the same record as the Jets at four and twelve. NFC West. Now this one is interesting because we have a two-headed race for the division title. We have the Rams at twelve and four. We have the Cardinals at 11 and 5. So, I believe the Cardinals might own a tiebreaker. That's why they haven't clinched the division yet. But once the Rams win, if they do win this weekend, they will clinch the division. I think if the Rams lose and the Cardinals win, I think the division might go to Arizona. The 49ers at 9 and 7 are a wild card looking team. And then 6 and 10, Seattle Seahawks. I love that the Jets have their first round pick this year. This is a great one. NFC North, we have. The division winning and looking very dominant right now. The 13-3 Green Bay Packers. And no one else from the NFC North I don't think is going to make the playoffs because the Vikings are 7-9, the Bears are 6-10, and, and the Lions are 2-13-1. We then go over to the NFC South where we have the division winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The New Orleans Saints on the bubble at 8-8, eight eight, Falcons at 7-9, and, and the Panthers at 5-11. So... We are going to recap or preview week 18 of 18. Yes, we have the extended week now. So 18 weeks of football coming to an end. It's going to be sad to see, but the NFL playoffs are a very, very, very fun time. 
We're starting Saturday. We have two games on Saturday, one at 4.30 between the AFC West. We have the Chiefs taking on the Denver Broncos, and we have the Cowboys taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Then we go over into Sunday, where the Washington football team will take on the New York Giants. So this will be the 1 o'clock game. So we have Washington taking on New York. We have the Cincinnati Bagels taking on the Browns. We have Steelers, Ravens, Packers, Lions, Colts, Jaguars, Bears, Vikings, Titans, Texans. And then for the 4 o'clock games, we have the Saints taking on the Falcons, Seahawks, Cardinals, Jets, Bills, Panthers, Bucks, Patriots, Dolphins, 49ers, Rams, and on NBC, we have the Chargers and the Raiders. So, we now look at the playoff picture. So, we're going to pull up the playoff picture, see what we got here. NFL playoff picture. What does the playoff picture look like right now? Right now, we have such. So, if they, if the playoffs ended today in the AFC we would have the following. The number one seed right now would be the Tennessee Titans, followed by the Chiefs at number two, the Bengals at three, and the Bills at four. Now, for the wild cards, we have the New England Patriots. We have, in the hunt, the Colts and the Chargers, and on the bubble, we have the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Ravens. Now, in the NFC, we have, who have already clinched, we have the Packers, the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, and the Eagles. In the hunt right now are the 49ers. Now, the, the Saints are on the bubble. They are playing the Falcons, so who knows what happens to them? Who knows what happens? Right now, the teams that I like are the Packers. I love the Packers. I love the Chiefs. I actually really like the Bills. The Cowboys, to me, are interesting because, yeah, they have a really good record. Like, they're 11-5. and five. I think the Cowboys are a really good football team. I think their defense has been superb their entire year. But losing Michael Gallup is a big blow. And, you know, Dak's inconsistency is going to be really crucial, depending on who their matchup is. I don't know. We'll see how they are against the Eagles. I know they'll probably rest a few guys, but we'll see what happens there. Tampa Bay is always a threat when you got Tom Brady at the helm. It's just a fact. And the Rams, man. The Rams and the Cardinals. Like, this NFC West, like, the one and two, like, it's, it could be very interesting. Like, uh, now, it's, now it's just competing for home field, right? Like, any one of them can go to the Super Bowl. I think any one of the Cardinals or the Rams can go to the Super Bowl and win, you know? When you got Sean McVay and Cliff Kingsbury, two young coaches who are very successful right now, that's exciting to see. And it's really exciting because they've been two of the best teams all year. And they have two quarterbacks in Stafford and Murray who are just pure leaders who can just sling the ball, find targets, and continue success. And hopefully, maybe, even lead their team to a Super Bowl. I'm excited. I love the NFL playoffs, man. I love the NFL playoffs. 
and the, the Patriots, man, like, the Patriots could be a threat. Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, like, oh, my God, it's going to kill me if I see them in the AFC Championship this year. It really will. It really will. You know, I, I want to see teams like the Colts do well, even the Bengals. Like, I would love to see the Bengals make a run. You know, I always got to support the Chiefs and Uncle Chuck, you know, because the Chiefs are just an absolute wagon of a team. But even the Titans, man, like, that will be fun, too. As long as the Patriots are not in the Super Bowl, excuse me, it'll be a fun one, right? Like, but who knows? Because the Patriots are going to find a way to win. They're going to find a way to win. They're around one game, and then everyone's going to be like, oh, my God. We have awoken the beast that is Bill. Sleeveless hoodies from everybody. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, so at the end of uh, next week, next podcast, we will preview the NFL playoff picture, and I will be giving my prediction for the Super Bowl. I love the Super Bowl. I'm very excited for it. It's always a fun time. I love just watching NFL playoffs. I love the Super Bowl. I love making food for the Super Bowl. I love having a few beers for the Super Bowl. It's always a fun time. So I'm excited. Let me know who you have in the Super Bowl, and uh, I'll definitely compare your predictions to mine. So after I give my prediction next week, let me know who you have winning the AFC, winning the NFC, and who do you have as your overall champion. All right, guys. Well, that is going to be it for this episode. I'm glad I'm able, I was able to come back. I missed everything about this. I missed you all. I'm glad that we were able to do this again, and hopefully we'll continue this for weeks to come you know i know the schedule the work schedule has been a little complicated with not having consecutive days off it does it does suck but um but i will try my best to continue this every week because i know that you know not only do i miss it but you guys miss it as well and i know that like you know everyone's been saying oh where's the deacon where's the deacon you know deacon's back we're back we're doing content again we're talking about the teams that I love. We're talking about the teams that you guys love. And let me know. Again, like if I don't touch upon a certain subject, let me know what you want to hear about. And I will definitely talk about it. You know, like this, this is just me. This is me winging it right now. But if you, if there's a team out there, there's a story that you want me to break down, go in a little in depth about, please let me know. I am open to hearing your comments, concerns, questions, anything like that. Reach out to me on social media, uh, jstrian27 on Instagram, my personal Facebook, or the Deacon Deacon page on Facebook. And yeah, let me know. And I'll be glad to hear you guys. And uh, yeah, again, thank you for the continued support. I appreciate every single one of you. Um, I uh, And with the new year coming, and there's a lot of exciting things that I would love to uh, continue with uh, for the Deacon Deacon. Uh, because every year is a different challenge. And I'm willing to improve on this project because this is my baby this is my uh this is my creation and it'll only get better from here and you guys play a big part in that so thank you to the fans who have continued to support me over the years you guys are the absolute best and you know i love you know on instagram seeing people listening to the deacon in the car shout out freddie smith do that a lot appreciate you brother uh people just tuning in sharing the link on spotify sending reply chats on snapchat like everything like that the support is just it's unreal man i appreciate you all thank you all very very much have a great new year i hope you guys had a great christmas and uh hey let's 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 continue to kick it in 2022 we're gonna take the take the year by storm 
Let's do it, guys. All right. So with that being said, for the Deacon Deacon podcast, I'm I've been Jeremy Striano saying good night. And I'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Come wrong.